This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. If you're on video, head over to the MMA Takes YouTube channel. Uh, if you're on video, I just started the, the, the fucking video like uh, Nick and Nate Diaz, man. Fucking, you know what I mean? I mean, that's fucking tough. I don't know many things in this world, but I know that is tough. Welcome to Fight Week. And yes, you're probably listening to this on a Wednesday morning, which means I'm recording it on a Tuesday. Your boy's ahead of the curve. This is what I've always kind of wanted to do. Get in an early. Get it early. I know lines are changing. Fights are falling out. One fight already fell out, but I caught it before I recorded it. Recording late's cool, but you want to get the content out. You want to push it out. That's what we're doing. We're pushing out a little bit early, which I love. I love uh, I love um, breaking down this fight. I broke down this card. It's been, it's been a whirlwind for your boy. So bear with me here. I got picks. We're give, going to give you the picks. Um. Decent little fight card, I think. I think it's better than two weeks ago. So, but we'll get into it. Some interesting, interesting spots. Interesting, interesting spots. Um, <clears throat> whirlwind for your boy. I have been on such a positivity kick lately, and by kick, I mean the past two days. So, a lot of turmoil has happened in the probably four months, maybe. Um, we've had, uh, you know, the wife being sick. She had pancreatitis, uh, has it, have it, whatever, uh, still doing that. But she found a diet that she likes, which is good, and it seems to be working. We have my father-in-law, um, who was in the hospital for two and a half weeks, almost three weeks, in the ICU. Kidneys failing, lungs a problem. He is now out. He is doing dialysis, and he's living with his sister. All good news. Probably going to pick him up tomorrow from his dialysis appointment when I get off work. So I get to see him. I haven't seen him since this whole thing because, you know, of the cover restrictions, but that's going to be good to see him. So that's kind of obviously tough. You know, there's some uh, a million other things. The heat, you know, my heat went out. I had to fix that. Then the elect, there was electric problems. Obviously, financially, if you're a homeowner, you know, that's a fucking pain in the butt. I had the whole neck thing with the sleep apnea that I worry about all these little things. And and I, I am a fairly positive guy, but sometimes, I, you know, I tend to focus on the negative, like most people. If you turn on the news, you turn on anything, it's fucking negative city. Well, I'm a new man. I'm a positive guy now. And I'll tell you why. It keeps coming up, Petrie, baby. The Cincinnati Bengals are in the fucking Super Bowl. I mean, what? Let me say that again. The Cincinnati Bengals, the team that I have cried for, I have been irrationally angry for, I have lost a job for. The Cincinnati Bengals are in the Super Bowl. I mean, I am over the fucking moon. Listen, I, I thought when we beat the Raiders, we had a good shot of beating the Titans in Tennessee. Wasn't holding my breath. After we got that, that monkey off our back and won the first round playoff game against the Raiders after 31 years, you know, we're playing with house money at that point, right? And then we go we, we go into Tennessee, the number one team, the number, you know, like home field advantage at the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go in there, beat them, right? And then we get Kansas City. We beat them week 17. Kansas City's going to go looking for to go to the third straight fucking Super Bowl, fourth AFC championship, and we beat them in Arrowhead to go to the fucking 
Super Bowl. <laughs> God damn, man. God damn. I never thought it would happen. I teared up a little bit, not as much as the uh, as previous. Definitely emotional. Called all my closest friends, family. We're going to the fucking ship. We're going to the Super Bowl. Obviously, I got ahead of myself and looked at tickets to the Super Bowl. They're not cheap. It's in LA. I don't want to go to LA, but we're not going, obviously. I mean, it's way too expensive. It's like six grand for nosebleeds, and that's not airfare or hotel. Uh, I mean, it, it, you, you, you can't. I mean, no no average dude, unless you win tickets, can go to the fucking Super Bowl. You just can't. Unless you're charging into the game, and then you're going to come home with credit card debt, which crossed my mind. It crossed my mind. Like, I could go in 10 grand, 10K debt just to go see the boys play. I'm willing to do that. But, you know, rational. You know, I'm a father now. Rational things, uh, you know, rational thoughts came over. But that, and then that got me thinking, once the Bengals came up and they won, I'm like, you know what? My dearest friend, a guy who I thought from day one had talent, is in the UFC, Chris Curtis. And not only is he in the UFC, he's got two wins by knockout. Not only that, against good guys. He's winning breakthrough fighter of the year. He's getting a lot of attention. Well-deserved attention. Long overdue. It's coming up. Petrie, baby. Now all I got to do is win all my fights. Didn't get the bet two weeks ago because of father-in-law. Week before that, shit the bed. Pretty much lost my shirt. So we're, we're here. We got three and a half units, uh, just like we had last week. We got three and a half units ready to fire bullets. Ready to fire. I got live ammunition. And I got some moves, some plays. I'm obviously going to do a slime ball. I'm still trying to figure that out. We'll go over that. You'll be seeing stuff on the screen. I'll be talking about it, obviously, whatever. Um, <clears throat> so we're going to go over that. We're going to go over the fights, and, and there's some interesting ones. There's some there's some interesting ones here. First fight of the night, Malcolm Gordon, plus 205 versus this guy's Denise Bonder. Denise Bonder. Denise Bonder is a guy who was supposed to fight in the UFC like fucking 10 years ago, I feel like. I feel like I done taste study on this guy. Impossible to find a picture of him, right? He's fighting out of the Ukraine. He's 5'6", 29 years old, bantamweight division, great record at 16 and 3. His last loss comes his last loss comes back in 2017. Uh it just says loss. He's he's, he's lost by choke before. He's lost the same guy twice, Alexander Alexander Luga, who's 27 and 13. Not a great loss, but not a great loss. But Bonder's a guy that's going to, the, the little I did see of him, he's pretty well-rounded. He wants to get fight to the ground, wants to beat you up. He can choke you out. He can pound you out. Um, he's not the most, I would say, the dangerous guy in the world. I can understand why he's in the UFC because he went on a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 10 fight win streak to get to the UFC. But then he fought, was supposed to fight Odie Osmond. Cancel bout. Victor Rodriguez. Cancel bout. Malcolm Gordon. Cancel bout. Now he's getting Malcolm Gordon again. Hopefully, this fight's going to come true because I think Bonder, who's a minus 260 favorite, is you got to take him in this spot. You're all over him in this spot. Malcolm Gordon coming off a win over Fran, Fran, Franny Chernago, Franny Figgy is what I call him. Excuse me. Not, Fran, not Francisco Chernago. Francisco Figueredo, who is Devison Figueredo's brother, shittier brother, the worst brother, Franny Figueredo, Franny Figgy. I got to really. He's coming off a uh, unanimous decision over that. Terrible fight. Before that, he lost his, his, his two by finish in the UFC. He's getting a Denny's Bond here. T- 260. Listen, I'm not trying to get too excited about a newcomer coming in. He's from Ukraine. You know, he's got a 60. He's got a 10 fight win streak, 16 and three. He's lost to the same guy twice early on in his career. That, that's like a mat. 
Matt Hughes, uh, Dennis Holman situation, right? Like Matt Hughes just could not beat Dennis Holman. So I'm, I'm going heavy on Bonder here. I think this guy's a candidate for a slime ball as well. I think, uh, you know, I think Malcolm Gordon stinks. I think he's going to take Malcolm Gordon down. I think he can do whatever he wants with him. But I think he'll take him down, put him on his back, and uh, pound him out. Malcolm Gordon, the only thing he has shown me is decent cardio. Like his back was against the wall against Figueroa, and, and he showed up. But Figueroa stinks. Oh, bro. Stinks. This guy stinks. I mean, bad stinks. So give me Denise Bonder. Denise Bonder. I'm probably mispronouncing his name. All the people who know how to pronounce the name are probably, you know, going like this right now. Like, what the fuck are you saying? But give me Bonder, baby. Give me big. Minus 260. I'm not afraid of that. I'm not afraid of that number. You can't scare me with that number. Try to scare me with the number. You can't. Jason Witt versus Philip Rowe. Jason Witt's a plus 118. Philip Rowe is a minus 148. Now, if you're watching the YouTube video of this, you're going to see the little things on, on, on the screen. I got these lines yesterday. Philip Rowe was a minus 162. He is now coming down to minus 148. Jason Witt's getting a little bit of love. People on Twitter, cappers, and not just people, cappers on Twitter are very split on this fight. A lot, one guy said, if you lay minus 170 or whatever it was yesterday on Philip Rowe, you need to get your brain checked. And another guy commented, yeah, well, Jason Witt has a chin problem, so if you lay plus, or it was, you know, plus whatever on Jason Witt, and you think he's going to win, you're an idiot. And, you know, there, there's two sides of each coin. Obviously, you're right. Jason Witt's a good wrestler. He, he's been standing up a little bit more. James Krause is trying to reel him in, get him a little more calm in there. His last fight was insane, but he almost got finished like 10 times. He's got a credible heart. Philip Rowe dropped a really ugly loss to Gabe Green in his debut, gassed out, did nothing. Ever since that fight, he's just been doing grappling tournaments. And then he comes back and knocks out, knocks out Orion Kurosi, who's a knockout guy, but has a one round on him. Philip Rowe got dinged around that one round, but then took over. So this fight's interesting because Philip Rowe, long striker that's been really grappling. He's been grappling with some of the best. Is he losing these grappling fights? Yeah. He's grappling the best, but he's getting in there and experiencing it. So Jason Witt being a wrestler, I'm not worried about Philip Rowe uh, getting submitted or anything by Jason Witt. Taking, I, I, I'm more worried about Jason Witt taking him down and Philip Rowe wanting to play the guard game, wanting to go, you know what? I can get pretty tricky on, on the ground too. I'm not worried about his submissions. He should be worried about my submissions. And I get that. Philip Rowe probably does have the better submissions. However, when you start playing that game one, two rounds against a wrestler like Witt, you're already behind one, two rounds. Very few times do guys win rounds off their back. I mean, they got to be incredibly active or obviously catch a submission. I don't know. Phil Rowe hasn't showed me that yet. He's long. He probably has a great triangle, probably has a great arm ball bar, but he hasn't shown me that. I think this fight's going to probably play out on the feet. I think Jason Witt does like his stand-up a little bit. I think he likes last time he fought. His chin held up somewhat. He didn't get knocked out, even though basically he almost did like four times, but he also cracked a lot. He also hit back and... Krause is working on them. Wrestlers, when they find their hands, they get very excited. Chomping at the bit to use their hands. I think that's going to be the problem for Witt here. I'm going Philip Rowe. He's going to be my send him home. Let me see what button it is. Send him home. Send him home early. Fucking nail the button. God damn. On fire. Uh, Philip Rowe, all fucking day. I think he's a knockout win. I think he's going to catch him early in that first round and put him out. If not, it could be a long night for Philip Rowe. This would be a good... Live bet situation because I do think Philip Rowe, if he comes out, he doesn't come out like a fucking man on fire, but if he comes out a, a little more aggressive and wants to put his long punches together because Jason Witt's going to be there for him to hit him, 
I think he's he's got an advantage here. I think he I think he can knock him out in the first round because Witt has been caught early in first rounds. Every time he's fought a decent striker, he's been caught early. The longer the fight goes, the better it is for Witt. So this could be a live bet situation. See how the first round goes. If Philip Rose dings up Jason Witt that first round, Philip Rose is gonna blow uh blow up to be a huge favorite. And then you could probably maybe sprinkle a little bit on Witt because he could take over the fight with his wrestling and his grit. And uh, he does have good cardio, and he, and, he, and he has shown to be durable. I can't say durable because he is chinny, so this is very, this is hyper, you know, I'm contradicting myself here. Durable longer the fight goes. Does that make sense? I don't think that makes sense. But uh, give me Philip Rupp. All right, next up, Danilo Marquez versus Jalen Almeida. Marquez a plus 330. And, uh... Uh, Almeida is a minus, or yeah, minus 450, 400 yesterday. Woo! So we got some big boys, some 205 Brazilians. Get that sweet, sweet fucking nectar, man. Power me through this week, baby. Positive energy! Um, Dylan Marquez fought in the UFC how many times? Four times now? Five? Is it Four? It's three. I'm wrong. The grappling against Checo. But Mike Rodriguez, Kalidas, and Brigmov looked average in both those fights. Got a lucky, got a lucky, um, not lucky, but I, I just don't think he's all that good. He's good on the ground. Has some submissions. His stand-up is is not that great. His his cardio is not that great. You saw in the Njuku fight, uh, he was should have won that fight. Took Kennedy down a bunch of times, but chin didn't hold up. Cardio didn't hold up. Then you get Almeida coming in. Six fucking three. Big, big boy here at, um, spit all over my computer screen. Big, big boy here at uh, at uh, 205 pounds. Coming off the contender series, this dude wants to take you down. His big Brazilian fucking arms. He wants to take you down and pop your neck, right? Pop your head off your fucking shoulders. That's what he wants to do. That's all his wins. His stand-up is, I mean, he's a big dude, strong dude, so his stand-up is a work in progress. I'm sure he hits hard. Marquez. Uh, Marquez has been caught before, but they're going to cancel out on the ground. I think Marquez, that's his that's his his realm. And I think Almeida is going to be forced to stand up. I don't think his cardio is that great. He's 14-2, and two, but he's fought no one. He didn't impress me in the contender series all that much. I wasn't like, whoa, we need to see this guy immediately in the UFC. They're giving him a pretty good fight here. This, this is a good matchup for Almeida. I understand why he's a minus 450. I can't touch it, right? This is a fight I'm probably going to pass on. But if I'm feeling a little frisky, if I'm feeling a little, you know, positive energy, you know, I got the icky shuffle going on, uh, I'm going to go Marquez. That's my pick. 330 Marquez against, uh, you know, a UFC vet versus a UFC newcomer. They cancel each other out on the ground. Both their stand-ups are terrible. What's going to happen? I don't know. I may even go out and start this guy in one round. I don't know. But uh, I'm going to go Marquez at plus 330. (sighs) Yeah, give me that. If you bet, no, so we're talking about the wit row. Someone said you got to get your brain checked if you bet row. If you bet a contender series guy at minus 450, who's just a, who's a specialist, get your brain checked, okay? I like that. Get your brain checked. Next up, Alexis Davis, minus 225 versus Jujua. Uh, God damn it. Here we go. Jujua Storolenko. Storolenko. This is probably one of the first times I can pronounce the last name besides the first name. Storolenko, 9, 5, and 1. Listen, I'm going to keep this sweet. She's plus 180. Storolenko stinks. She absolutely stinks. Don't know how she made the UFC. Alexis Davis has been in the UFC for a long time. A lot of ups and downs. Coming off. You can't finish her unless you're Ronda Rousey or Sarah McMahon. But 
Um, decision wins, decision losses. That's how this fight's going to go. Julia uh, Storlenko is just, you know, she wants to get the fight to the ground. She has a decent little arm bar, but it's just not going to work. She's been submitted herself. She's highly aggressive. Alexis Davis, the old dog here, the vet here, coming off a loss. I like her in this spot as well. She's minus 225 favorite. I don't like betting this spot. I think if you bet this fight, it goes to a decision. Uh, Storlenko has quit in the past. She has been finished. She's 9-5-1. Her record is absolute dog shit. But... Um, I just don't see Davis being that big of a threat. I see her dominating this fight. I see her controlling this pace, really taking it wherever she wants to go and, and winning positions. I just don't see a finish. So if you want to bet this fight, if you're a fucking wild man and you want to bet and touch every fight, you want to throw bullets at every fight, I go Davis for sure, but I would go decision. I would go Davis by decision and or fight goes to decision. You're getting a steep heavy number. I don't know if the props are out right now. I don't have them in front of me, but you're going to get a steep number. And uh, I suggest, you know, you throw that in a parlay or something. That could be a nice little piece. All right, next up, Marc-Andre Beirut. French. I speak French. No big deal. He's a minus 130 versus Chidi Njukwani. I fuck, I knew that. Plus 108. Nice little fight here. So, a couple cappers. Marc-Andre started off at minus 150, and a couple cappers were like, jump on Marc-Andre at minus 150. He's only going to go up. A lot of people are on, on Chidi here. Um and, and Andre came down to 130. I think yesterday, if you see on the screen, I think it was a pickle. So this fight's getting a lot of action. You got a lot of people who are split on how it's going to go. Both strikers. In Jaguani has only really struggled with people that's really kind of pressured him and taking him down. Uh, Mark Andre is a striker, but he does have he he can mix some things up. His cardio is fantastic. His durability is where it's at. Right. I don't know if Chidi can go three rounds and crack this dude with everything he has. And still be, you know, with it. His cardio is going to suffer. Because I think Andre Chin and his durability is going to be an issue here. I see this fight going decision. I like Barry Ute by decision here. I think he's going to push a high pace. I think it's going to be a close fight. I think we're going to have to, you know, if you're going to bet this fight, I think you're going to have to, you know, really hope the judges are fucking paying attention. Because this is going to be a fight where I can see Chitty win, win, win around one. Both guys split round two. One guy wins the first half. The other guy wins the second half. And then Andre went in round three. Um, this is going to be an interesting fight here. I see a lot of people wanting to bet this fight. People are split. Cappers are split on this fight. I'm going bear you because I speak French. Um, no, I just think he's more durable. He's going to be in Chitty's face. And Chitty's really flashy, has good striking, good knees, good in the clinch. But Barryut is just such a tank in there sometimes, and he's and he's really tough to finish. And I think he's going to take Chitty's best shots, and Chitty's going to fade. When when this guy doesn't go away, Chitty's going to fade. All right, next up, Hakeem Dawadu, minus 192 versus Mike Trezano, plus 154. I like this fight. I like this fight a lot. Hakeem Dawadu, Canada's last hope. We got three Canadians in a row. We got four on this card, right? Gordon Davis, Barryut, Dawadu. Yeah, four Canadians on this card. Go Canada, huh? Let's get a win. I think right now I've only picked one time against you. Make that two, baby. Mike Trezano's the dog this weekend. Dog lock, baby. Um, Listen, he impressed me against Luva Klein, who's obviously falling off a cliff. I was all over Luva Klein in that fight. Trezano embarrassed me. What he's done is very interesting. He's... You know, he's 8-1, and one, or excuse me, 9-1. and one. He's been in the UFC for a long time. He's come from the contender series. But what he's done is 
he's kind of just really worked on himself. Like, he, you know, he didn't just throw himself into each camp because a lot of times when fighters get into camps, they're just worried about getting in shape, working game plan, working what they're good at. This guy's taking time off and learning, right? At this point, though, I think he's 30, 30. So it, it's time to step it up a little bit. Now it's time to start getting a little more active, right? And he's got a tough guy in Hakeem Daladu who's coming off a loss, but he looked great against Mozov Love in that third round. Cardio for days. Problem is, I think this fight's going to go to the decision. I think Trezano is going to control the distance. Dawadu is much shorter, but he has a longer length, or excuse me, longer reach than Trezano, which is weird. Trezano is a pretty long guy, but he's 5'11 to 5'8, 5'6, whatever Dawadu is. Um, but I like Trezano here in this spot. I think he's, gonna, he's just going to punch him up, punch and run, punch and run. Dawadu's going to get frustrated. He's aggressive in there. He wants the, he wants the action, and I, I don't think he's going to get it. I think Trezano, if he's smart, will mix up some takedowns. Dawadu is tough to take down, but you got to mix him up. You got to mix up some clinch work. I think Trezano's boxing looked really good against Luvet Klein. His distance is really, really good, um, and I think he could box up Dawadu here and and cause fits and cause a decision win. Dog money here at plus 154. The dogs are barking, baby, and Trezano's the dog. Dog. Sorry, Ozzy. I had to sing with you, brother. Give me Mike Trezano at dog money there. Miles Johns versus just cast John Castoreda. Miles Johns a minus 245 favorite. Castoreda plus 194. I looked at Castoreda in this fight. Probably mispronouncing his name. I apologize. I think he's a very tough guy. He's come from a, a um, you know, combates. Combates. He, he came from that, fought pretty much everyone over there. One on one in the UFC, coming off a knockout win over uh, Eddie Wineland, but Miles John's a fucking stud, dude. Miles John's is has that one blemish, got knocked out by Mario Batista, who fell off a fucking cliff. But other than that, um, he's looked really rock solid. His power's there, his wrestling's there. His cardio is something I put into question because he is a pretty bricked up 135er, but his cardio has proven to be pretty okay. I looked at Castor Aiden in this fight just because um, he's durable, he's tough, he's got knockout power, he can give Johns fits, but I just think Johns is better everywhere. Johns, obviously, has been knocked out before. It's his one loss. Chin could be an issue. Castor does crack. Uh, He's fast in there. Uh, Miles John is on top of his game. And he, and he mixes everything up like he should be doing. He shouldn't be happy the fact that he's knocking people out. Let's get back to the basics. Let's not stand up with this guy. Let's let's mix things up. Stand up. Dress up. You know, wrestling. You, you'll catch him later in the fight if you want to, you know, put him away. That's the recipe to win here. Uh, and obviously, you got to have cardio to do that. Minus 245 is a little steep because I can't bet it if I was thinking the underdog at one point in my, in my life this week. So, I'm going to go Miles Johns. I might pass on this fight. Um, this fight is tricking me a little bit because I do like Castorade. I think he's very good. Uh, look good against Eddie Wyman, but Eddie Wyman's like 100 years old. At, you know, at least MMA years. He's 100 years old MMA years. And Miles Johns is very, very good. He came from the contender series. I thought he was good then. I think he's good now. Maybe kind of put it all together here. And, and, and uh, yeah, so minus 245, which is a little high. little high, but, uh, mm. Yeah, Miles Johns. Miles Johns. All right, next up. Julian Arosa, Juicy J, baby, minus 300 versus Steven Peterson, plus 235. I think his name is Superman. It better be. He's got a Superman tattoo. It's Ocho. Okay, you got a huge chess piece of Superman, and your nickname's Ocho. All right. I, I mean, I guess. I guess. So, Steven Peterson coming off his best UFC run. 
won his last two over uh, Martin Bravo, um, who he knocked out the spinning back fist, and then Chase Hooper, which was kind of a layup, even though he was trying to give that fight to Chase Hooper, just playing leg locks with him. Julian LaRose is a guy who I think has incredible talent. He was on the Ultimate Fighter, contender series a bunch of times, finally a mainstay in the UFC. When he takes fights on short notice, he usually fucking wins. He's coming off a good win over um, Charles Jordan with a Darce choke, which I ate shit on that one because I was all over Jordan. And we all know Jordan's a fucking gamer. Uh, problem with Julian Rosa is, is he gets a little too happy in there. He gets a little too aggressive, and his chin isn't what it needs to be for his style of fighting. It's a little wild in there. And Julian Rosa, if he had a chin, he would be a problem at 145. He really would because his cardio is good. His ground game is good. His chokes are good. His wrestling obviously needs a little work. His power is there. But that fucking chin. Steven Peterson, the only thing he had, well, no, no, he has two things. He can knock you out. He's not the cleanest strike in the world. He, he throws back fists, and I think his punching and power and his kicking and striking is just okay. I don't think it's world-class. It's okay. And then he's tough as fuck. I mean, he's been finished maybe like one time in his career. This was going to be my send him home. I actually like Julian Rosa as I sent him home here. He's a huge favorite. I got him at whatever it says on the screen. I got him at earlier, but now he's blowing up to minus 300. I get it. This could be a parlay piece. This could be a pass him um, because the line's so high. But I do think Julian Rosa is going to win this fight. I think he's a better fighter. Steven Peterson has a puncher's chance. He can knock, you know, he can knock someone out. Julian Rosa has shown to be chinny in the past. So the chin's there before the taking. But I think Julian Rosa, not the most consistent fighter, that's for sure. But he can come in here and he can, he can possibly get this done. I think this is a really good matchup for Rosa. I think Rosa is a marketable guy. He's exciting. He's good looking. He's had a lot of shots. Has incredible heart. Will fight anybody. Um, and Peterson, I think, might be on it. Not, maybe not on his way out because he's on a two-fight win streak. But this this is definitely a setup for Peterson to lose here. He's 19-9. He hasn't really looked good in his UFC career besides being durable. Give me a Rosa. Minus 300 is a tough pill to swallow. Because Julian Rosa, very inconsistent, but I, I'm thinking about it. Okay, let me think about it. Let me sleep on it. It's Tuesday. MMA takes, on po- uh, MMA takes podcast on Twitter. I'll get back to you. All right, next up, Brian Battle versus Trishan Gore. Brian Battle plus 144. Trishan Gore is a minus 178. The ultimate fighter finale, essentially. Brian Battle fought. Eesh, I can't even remember who he fought on the ultimate fighter. So for fucking forgettable, he won, though. Uh, oh, Urbina, Urbina, Hector, Gilbert, whatever the Urbina brothers didn't look good in the beginning. Brian Battle got cut. Brian Battle got smacked around a little bit by Urbina and Urbina gas and Brian Battle is battle tested. Woohoo! Did it, baby. I did it. Yes, sir. Uh, nailed that joke, but <clears throat> excuse me, but Brian Battle, um, that's what he does, right? He gets smacked around a little bit and he battles back again. Fucking nailed the joke, but he, he literally is a grinder. Not great at everything. Hardworking kid. Good cardio. Uh, submissions are okay. Stand up trash. Trashan Gore, 3-0. Literally was unbelievable on the Ultimate Fighter. He wanted to learn. He has a lot to fight for with his family. I think both these guys are from the South. Maybe they're both from South Carolina. Gore, though, with the 3-0 record, looked good in the contenders, or excuse me, the Ultimate Fighter. Obviously should have been in the finals with battle, but got an injury, so they rebooked it. Hopefully, he's young. He's a prospect. He's been looking to not smother his shots because he's very powerful and he's very athletic and he's got that quick, quick muscle. Sometimes he could smother shots, which would Brian Battle be able to clinch with him. Brian Battle's really good against a cage. Trishan Gore just needs to stick and move and, and, and create distance from Battle because Battle wants to close the distance. Trishan Gore is going to need his speed and his athleticism to, to move around it. I think this is going to be... An interesting dance. I think Battle, who who has shown to be pretty tough, is six and one. Not a lot of footage 
of them finding high level guys. But Gore, I think, has he has that kind of not really it factor, but he everyone saw it on the, the show. Everyone sees it now. There's something about him that can make him good. He's three and zero. He's so young in the sport. You know, he's got all the makings to be great. Now there could be something holding him back. Because is it a cardio? Is it his chin? Is it whatever? Lack of work ethic. We're gonna find out. But I'm going Gore here a long way around it. Minus, uh, what was it, minus 178. That's a little high for a guy who's 3-0. And battle has proven to be fucking tough as shit and, and hard to get out of there and, and will take a smack and, and keep coming. But I just think Gore's the more athletic guy. I think he's going to stick to a good game plan here. I think he's going to hit fucking uh, battle with whatever he wants. And it's going to be uh, it's gonna be a hard, hard night, tough night, hard night, tough night. For Brian Battle when he gets in there with your son court. All right, next up, we got a switcheroo here. Sam Alvey was supposed to take Phil Haas. He was a huge underdog against Phil Haas. Now he's taking on Brandon Allen on short notice. I don't have a line yet, right? No line. Brandon Allen will be the favorite for sure. And I tweeted the guys, my boys, uh, Timbo and Christian. I, I tweeted out uh, that, or not tweeted out, excuse me, texted, texted him that I was having trouble with that fight. And Christian was like, well, listen, buddy, if it, you're having trouble with a with with a 250 dog or whatever Alvy was, then that's a coin flip. Then you go dog. And I say, yeah, but it's Sam Alvey. He's like, yeah, but you go dog, but he's in a six-fight losing streak. Yeah, but it's a dog. It's better for your money, but yeah. But yeah. No, my struggle was I don't love Phil Halls. And Sam Alvey, I think, is done. Six and oh, every or you know, six losses in a row. I know some of those are kind of, you know, whatever in there. Maybe some wins, maybe not. Doesn't matter. Wellington determined he's coming off that fight. But Phil Hall's, the only issue I had was the chin, right? The chin issue. Felt like he's coming back fairly quickly from a Chris Curtis knockout. And so is Brendan Allen now. And funny enough, Chris Curtis used to live with Sam Alvey. They were very close training partners and friends. Not sure what happened, you know? Not sure what happened. A little falling out there. But... Very interesting that Brennan Allen's been knocked out by Sean Strickland, who's also a training partner of Sam Alvey, close friend, Southern California. Chris Curtis got knocked out by Chris Curtis, close friend of Sam Alvey and, and Sean Strickland. So Brennan Allen is trying to get rid of some demons here. Got knocked out by Sean Strickland. Wouldn't fucking shut up about it. Got knocked out by Chris Curtis. Embarrassing to him, right? Young kid, has a lot of fucking uh, promise, and now he's going against Alvy. Problem with Alvy, though, is Alvy does the same thing every single fight. He's got a left hand. He backs himself against a cage. He wants to counter. Every time he leads, it looks so awkward. It looks like he doesn't know how to step with either foot when he leads. He's got a piston-like left hand, but that's if he's waiting on people. Every single person that's ever seen Sam Alvy fight figures him out in a second. He's tough to bring down. He's tough to hold down. He has been submitted before. His chin's been rocked before. I think Brennan Allen needs to go back and just needs to do simple boxing. One, two, don't look for the knockout. Get a W here. I'm going Brennan Allen. I actually love him in this spot. I like this matchup way better than I like Phil Halls. Phil Halls has a little bit of a chin issue. I think Brennan Allen has an okay chin. I think he's just been caught you know, by two really good fighters in Curtis and Strickland. And Brennan Allen obviously has finishing ability on the ground. He's very, very good on the ground. I think Sam Alvey avoids the ground like it's lava, which is good. That's a good strategy. But I do think if it touches the ground, Sam Alvey's fucking dead. I do. I think he's going to get choked out, leg locked, whatever. I do like this fight. I like Brandon Allen to win this fight. This might be a slime ball piece. I'm going to tweet out the slime ball a little bit later in this week. I have all the fights marked on the screen that I like. This is one of them for sure. Uh, don't know the line yet. I think Brandon Allen's going to be at least 
close to what Phil Halls was. I think Phil Halls was a minus three something. So next up, Shavkat Rachmanov versus Carlson Harris. I fucking love this fight. I love this fight. Rachmanov is a minus 230. Harris is a plus 184. Woo! Let me get a drink because I'm about to dive in. All right. Woo. That is. That's good sauce. All right. Rachmanov. Listen. Kid's a fucking stud. Everyone that's seen him fight, you know, in the UFC, outside the UFC, is like, this kid's the real deal. You know, he's fought really good competition. Inside the UFC, he's fought some pretty good competition, obviously, and he's made it look pretty easy. Carlson Harrison, this, uh, Harris, excuse me, this guy comes in, right? He's from Ghana, but not that Ghana. Guana? Guana? I can't mispronounce but he fights out of Brazil. This guy comes in, short notice, I believe, against Christian Aguilera, chokes him out, no big deal. Comes in against Impa Kasananai, who I love, knocks him out round one, both round one finishes, by the way. For that, he had another round two finish over Sagid uh, Izagamaleov, who's 17-1, Darsh Choke, impressive as fuck, good record, UAE Warriors. Knocked out uh, Alex Santos, 9-7 by punch round two, whatever. Claudio Rocha, 12-11, win knockout. And then his only loss, um, excuse me, not his only loss, he had a loss back, he had two early losses, which, I mean, I don't know if those really count, and then he had a loss to... Julio Cesar's are Andrage, who is 14 and 8. Really? 6-3? This guy, this picture of this guy does not look 6-3, by the way. Does not look 6-3. Um, lost to him by split decision, and then he got knocked out uh, round one, which I just recently watched that fight. And he did look a little rough in that fight. I'm like, okay, who is this guy that he's fighting? Jaru Hussan Al-Siwa, if I'm, if I'm pronouncing his name right, 16 and 3. This dude is a fucking stud. How he's not in the UFC yet, I don't know. He fights with Brave. Brave must have him locked up. He must own stock in Brave because this dude's a fucking serious, serious dude. He got knocked out. His second fight ever to Carl Booth in 30 seconds in round one. Carl caught him. Carl Booth is a cool fucking name. Cage Warrior, so that was in England. Right now, I'm going to click on Carl Booth. Think in your head what Carl Booth is current record is. That was back in 2014. He knocked out this kid who's a fucking stud. What do you think Carl Booth's record is? Okay, I'm going to say he's like five and six. Okay, let's see. Ten and four. Damn, I should know who Carl Booth is. This dude could be fighting in the UFC. He fights for Brave too. Uh, and he's got he's got some losses over the same guys that uh, Hassan does. Oh, wait. God, I'm an idiot. Hassan rematched him and beat him. Okay, so he, he got that win over. So every loss besides his very... Er, Every loss besides one, I'm all over the map. He has he has redeemed. So this, we're not talking about him. He's not fight, he's not fighting in the UFC. But that kid's a fucking stud. Carlson Harrison lost to him. Got knocked out by him. TKO by him. Enter Shockman, uh, Shavkat Rachmanov. This kid is a fucking stud. Future strong grappling style. Good choking. Good punches. Undefeated. Every single fight, I think he's finished. Yeah, so he's finished every fight he's in. Alex Oveira, round one guillotine choke. Michael Bazaris, who was on every steroid in the book, round two rear naked choke. So this fight's tough, right? Minus 230, I don't love. I'm a Rachmanov guy. Harris is a legit, legit dude. Has had some good wins over some good guys. 
has a loss over a good guy too, even though that wasn't the most competitive fight in the first round. It was entertaining, but he got caught, whatever. Let's not talk about that guy anymore. Why is it? Why is it? Why is it in the UFC? Brave, call me. Let's get this guy in the UFC. Anyway, this is tough, right? I see people picking Harris at plus one eighty four. That, that that's probably the smart money, right? There's smart money sometimes. I'm going Rachmanov for the simple fact that I have a system, and it never fails me. It fails me all the time. It's never failed me. Literally fails me every week. Um, but if he's from a stand. You bet a grand. Now, I'm not going to bet a grand, but I got to bet on my stand, brother. He's from Uzbekistan over Harris. It's going to be incredible. Both these guys, in my opinion, are next up at 170. I would love to see one of these guys in the future fight. Hosmont, when when they get there, because Hosmont's lighting the world on fire. Usman, if Usman's still around. Colby, whatever. These guys are next up at 170. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm leaning Rachmanov, but I'm so fucking excited. This should be the co-main event. This could even be the main event. I want to be mad, but this definitely should be the co-main event. Co-main event, Puna Surano, minus 205 versus Nick Maximoff, <clears throat> plus 164. Nick Maximoff, Nate Diaz is kind of right-hand man. Uh, yeah, Nate, did I say Nick? No, Nate, Nate, <clears throat> Nate, Nathaniel, Nathaniel Diaz is right-hand man. <laughs> when the best thing ever, maybe I'll put it in the video is when they asked Nate if he wanted to fight Chemaev. He goes, nah, man, I, I've done all that shit. Let him fight my boy. And they cut the Maxim off, and homeboy is, like, like frozen. Like, what? He just fed me to the wall. I don't want to fight that guy. But then he kind of did the, the DS thing. Like, yeah, fight him. And then, like, he started talking tough on Twitter. Dude was scared. Like, why would they fucking throw me in that? I'm at 185. I'm not at 170, even though I think he can fight at 170. So very, very funny. But Maximoff, undefeated, made his UFC debut, got hit a lot. Got hit a lot. <clears throat> Felt like he got hurt a lot, but he got hit a lot. Great cardio, good grappling. Wants to get the fight to the ground. His grappling is overwhelming. It's swarming. Um, his submission game is coming along. I don't think it's like world class, but it, it you know, he's training with the Diaz brothers. He's gonna have some something, something, something. Puna <clears throat> coming off a loss over Brendan Allen. You know, just never really got into the second gear in that fight. Great wrestler, big, big power. So he's going to have to lean on his cardio in this fight because Maximoff's not stopping. You got to hit Maximoff and kill him to stop him. You know what I mean? These Diaz army guys are fucking built different. Puna has the power to do that. Puna can knock him out. What pauses me in this fight is Puna is cardio, right? He's got He's great. He's a great wrestler. He, you know, his takedown defense has been proven pretty well i think if anyone's gonna take anyone down i think puna can take max uh nick whenever down whenever he wants but he's not gonna want that because max moff wants to fight on the ground i'm gonna go puna here minus 205 this is a non-bet for me this is a pass don't have a good read on the fight if i'm being honest with you i didn't really flip-flop around i i picked puna and i stuck with puna but max moff has that really swarming like annoying grappling style that can really wear on you and Puna's cardio failed in the Brennan Allen fight. His only loss could fight here or fail here, but he does have the big power. He has the fight ender. And I do think his wrestling is good enough as long as his cardio holds up to stop those takedowns. So I'm going to go Puna. Minus 205, I'm not overly confident. This is going to be a pass for me, but uh, I'm going to take Puna. All right, main event, Jack Hermanson, plus 172 versus Sean Strickland. Minus 215. Sean Strickland... A lot of people hate him. I see a lot of guys, you know, not really conservative guys, but guys who don't, you know, because if Sean Strickland was a fighter back in 2006, 2008, right, and he was saying this stuff, he was saying no one bad a fucking eye. 
right? But and it'd be like this guy's crazy because he's saying this shit out loud. But no one better not. This woke culture, everyone's so sensitive, whatever. Do I agree with everything Sean Strickland says? Of course not. He's a fucking nutball. But I don't get offended by everything he says because I'm a human being who doesn't give a shit about what other people think. Sean Strickland has his opinions, offensive or not. But maybe I think your religious opinions are offensive. Maybe I think your fucking woke, sensitive ass is offensive. You know what I mean? But you don't hear me griping about it. Just let people have opinions. If they're not hurting anybody and they're entertaining because they're crazy as fuck, let them be. And that's why I think Sean Strickland's a must-follow on Twitter, must-follow on Instagram. This guy's a fucking wild man. He's sparring in MMA, sparring, uh, you know, MMA, what are they, like eight ounces, 10 ounce gloves, a powder glove, MMA gloves. He's sparring this week. Like, he's not going to have a super long career because he's eventually going to catch up to him because he spars with Francis Agano. The guy needs to take a, a beat. He needs to take a beat. But with that being said, I think this is a really good matchup for uh, for Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland's taking on offense is great. He's hard to get down. He's hard to get on the legs. Hermanson wrestled with with Hosmont and and obviously got tossed around. But there's some moments in there where he looked pretty good. There's some moments in there where where Jack obviously is improving his grappling. His grappling is top notch. His takedowns and wrestling to get there. He's got one or two good moves in that early part of the fight. That that has worked for him. I don't know if it's going to work for Sean Strickland with Sean Strickland, excuse me, because Sean Strickland knows it's coming. He's an incredible scrambler. He's a good grappler himself. And I just don't know if it's going to happen. Hermanson has slowed down before and he's been chinny before. If fucking that goblin, that ghoul, that fucking sloth looking motherfucker, Marvin Vittori can drop you. Oh, pillow hands. You know, you got a chin issue, right? He's been knocked out before. He's been touched before. He's got some heart. I mean, or for the record, Vittori did not finish. Or he didn't finish Hermanson. He, he dropped him, though. But I just think Strickland's going to put punches on him. He's going to stop the takedowns. I, I just don't think Jack's going to have much. Jack's going to be backed into a corner. And he's gonna instead of trying to grapple, he's going to try to box. And Sean Strickland's just too good at that. He just, he just is. Puts in too many rounds. He reads people really well. His distance is great. He keeps his chin up in the air. Keeps his head really high up in the air. He rolls with punches really well. He has a decent chin where he can take some shots. But um, I see this playing out like like the Brennan Allen fight, where Brennan Allen, good grappler, didn't really try to initiate too much, throws strikes with, with Sean Strickland. He's going to get caught. I don't know if Strickland can finish because he doesn't have the most power. Right? Um, especially 85. It's not like he's knocking dudes out. He's got some finishes on, on his record, but he's not knocking dudes out. More cumulative, which I can see maybe a late fight TKO now I'm thinking about it, but Sean Strickland's the play. He's my moral lock, too. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock, lock it, it up. up. Lock it up, baby. Sean Strickland's my mortal lock. I'm happy with that fight card. I am happy with that fight card. Again, I don't have the slime ball yet. So the slime balls that are in play for me, Rachmanov, Strickland, Brennan Allen, and Bonder. I'm going to do at least two. It's always at least two because that's what a parlay is, you fucking idiot, Brian. Um, I don't know. how I'm going to have to play with it. I'm going to look at it. There's obviously could be other options in there too. Alexis Davis, Storolenko going to decision. That's almost fucking easy money. Barut versus Njukwe going to decision. That's also kind of something I'm thinking about. Trezano, Dawadu going to decision. I like that as well. Um a lot of people think dogs are barking on this card. I've been seeing a lot of tweets about it. How many dogs did I pick? I don't think I fucking picked many, man. I think I picked a pretty chalky card. So I got Trezano, I got Marquez, and that's it. I picked two fucking dogs. Brian Battle's interesting. Uh, Carlson Harrison's interesting dog. Maximoff can obviously get it done. Hermanson, people are on Hermanson. 
Uh, Jason Witt, people like Jason Witt. Um, but yeah, I only went two dogs. Very square of me. Very square night for your boy. But you know what? I need to win. I need to fucking get some wins. Okay? I got 3.5 units. 3.5 bullets that I need to fire off and double, triple, quadruple them so we keep this thing rolling, baby. All right, that's the show. Everyone Takes Podcast on YouTube. Everyone Takes Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, why don't you follow me over there? Yeah. Woo! Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Woo! Escort this gentleman to the door. Come on. Do you see that shit? Yeah. Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dalton.